Hi folks, FPL General here recording a new episode of my 59th Minute FPL podcast recording on Tuesday the 1st of October. Game week 7 is behind us and we're looking ahead to game week 8 and another dreaded international break. Had a little break myself at the weekend. Myself and my wife took a short trip to Norway Friday to Monday, spent the weekend in Bergen, had a great Great time there, uh, an expensive time there, but but a good time. Uh, so back, nice and refreshed now for ahead of game week eight. Didn't actually didn't get to see too many games over the weekend. The only one I watched in its entirety was Man City against Everton. Uh, Raheem Sterling, captain, made me sweat until the eighty fifth minute. Uh, I watched the game in Bergen with with Neil Baxter and and Alexander. Who is that? Who was a who's a former fantasy football scout, Hall of Fame number one? So I had a great time watching the game. Well, I say I had a great time watching the game. I, I didn't really enjoy it until until Sterling scored, especially after that one on one miss. I couldn't believe he put that one wide. But thankfully, all ended well. Um, a shout out this week goes to my fellow Irishman Callum Robinson joins the 59th Minute Club alongside the likes of Ross Barkley and Eric Lamella. Uh, Robinson Robinson's actually been a prime candidate for a shout-out for a, for a couple of weeks now. He's finally got one. He's got a 59th Minute appearance, and before that he had a 61, a 55, and a 53. So he's a guy He's a guy to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. He could be the first, first player to, to get two shout-outs this season. Uh, you know, for that reason, I, I've had him on my watch list for a couple of weeks, and, and I've removed him now because he's he's just not getting enough game time. Probably down to he's had injury niggles all season, and Sheffield United have about fifteen strikers to choose from, so that is obviously eaten into his game time. Uh, a quick review of how game week seven went for me overall. It was a good one. Any game week where you get a green arrow is a good one. Uh, I ended up on fifty-seven points. Took me from 571k overall up to 450k. So jumped jumped over 100,000 places. That's always good. Going in the right direction. Hopefully you can keep that going. Uh, especially in game week 8. It's always nice always nice to go into an international break off the back of, of a good game week. So hopefully we can hopefully I can get a, a third green arrow in a row there. Going into game week 7, I, I had two free transfers. I ended up doing Lucas Dean out for... Tomori and then Donker went, uh, made way for Mason Mount. So two transfers, both paid off. Uh, Tomori think took in seven points and Mount uh, gave me six. So two successful transfers there. Hopefully those two Chelsea guys can can serve me well over the over the coming weeks. I had, you know, a lot of people ask me why did I not why did I not get Tammy Abraham? He was the obvious Chelsea player to get going into game week seven. Uh, I think I've got a question coming up on it later as well, but really, what it came down to was I, I felt my I felt my defence was a bit weak uh, going into the game week. I wasn't sure if Sinchenko would play. I didn't want to play Lucas Dean against City, and I didn't want to play Lundstrom against Liverpool. So, really, I was looking at just the two Liverpool lads that I have. So that's why I ended up bringing in Tomori instead. I just felt for my team overall, it, it made it made things stronger rather than going for Tammy Abraham. And obviously I got I got lucky that, that Tammy didn't do any damage at the weekend because, you know, looking at the highlights, he had a lot of chances and he, and he should have scored. So he's, he's still someone, he's, he's high on my radar. Um, but I'm probably just going to roll with, with Tomori and Mount again uh, for game week eight because I can't get, a, I can't get Abraham uh, for a free transfer.
Uh, but I'll talk. I'll talk more about my options uh, towards the end of the podcast. Uh, elsewhere, I mentioned Sterling. Captain finally, finally got a captaincy call, a decent captaincy call. Still didn't get it right because De Bruyne outscored him, so I should. I should have captained him. Another two assists for De Bruyne, so he keeps uh, the points keep ticking over with him. Some talk today that he's got a groin injury that needs to be assessed, so that's a bit of a bit of bit of a worry. If he was ruled out for a couple of weeks, that would definitely shake things up in FPL. Um, but yeah, one to monitor. I think he's out of the Champions League game tonight, and hopefully we'll know more before the weekend about De Bruyne. Uh, double Liverpool defence, patience again rewarded with with Trent and Robertson. Um, every week, I've I've just said to myself every week, one more week, one more week with these with these double Liverpool defenders, and I could end up just going the whole season with those two guys, Trent and Robertson. Um, Robertson in particular, it's it's pretty nice. You know, a lot of people were shipping him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't delivering, but he's, I think, four games in a row now. He's got at least five or six points, so good to see those points rolling in. Uh, blanks from the usual suspects, really. Uh, Nick Pope, another blank there. Again, not really worried about Nick Pope because, I mean, when you look at the, the goalkeeper points overall, there's very little between them, especially those, you know, 4.5, 5 million price goalkeepers. So not really worried about Pope yet. Might be something I look at on wildcard whenever that may be. Uh, Zinchenko played, which I hoped for, but didn't get a clean sheet. So that was disappointing. Uh, a blank from Salah, disappointing as well. Uh, I always thought that that Sheffield United fixture would be a tough one for Liverpool, which is why I didn't captain Salah in that one. So glad I went for Sterling instead. Uh, and up front, I've got two strikers. I've got Pookie and I've got Barnes. And again, useless to two of them this week. Barnes in particular has been very frustrating. You know, started the season on fire. As soon as as soon as we bring him in, I've had I think I've had three blanks in a row now, and, and a yellow card just to top it off. And of course, Chris Wood has turned into Cristiano Ronaldo uh, since I've since I've brought in Ashley Barnes. So probably going to give Barnes another week. Uh, again, I'll talk about it when it comes to transfers. I've only got one free transfer this week, no cash in the bank. So to get you know to get an Ashley Barnes replacement, there's nobody I really want who, who's cheaper than him. So it's probably a matter of just giving him another week against Everton. Hopefully, he gets something, and then he'll be on his merry way after the international break. Yeah, I'll come back to Pookie as well because there's a question about him later. So I'll leave I'll leave that for now. Uh, moving on to my watch list now. So I, I update my watch list after every game week. I add the players who are on my radar and I remove a few who I'm no longer interested in. Very quickly, the ones I've removed this week, nice and easy. I've removed Tyrone Mings because I've, I've also got the, the right-back Gilbert on my watch list. He's 0.2 million cheaper than Mings. He got his first assist of the season at the weekend. So I think if I was going for a, an Aston Villa defender at the moment, it would be the, the attacking uh, right-back rather than Tyrone Mings, although I think both are, are very good options this season. Yeah, I've removed Serge Aurier from my watch list because he's a clown. Ridiculous sending off at the weekend. He's always got that in him. Um, and, you know, there's always the worry with rotation with Spurs fullbacks anyway. So I don't think I'll be going anywhere near Serge Aurier this season. Uh, I've removed West Ham centre-back Diop as well this week because I don't like West Ham defensively now. The Fabianski is going to be out for... There's talk that it's going to be two or three months. I don't think it's been been confirmed yet, but all the signs are pointing towards a long layoff for you know arguably West Ham's most important player, Fabianski. So I, I don't know much about this um, 
backup goalkeeper they have seen a couple of tweets about him and a couple of dodgy videos of, of performances from pre-season and stuff like that so yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not overly keen on West Ham defense now without Fabianski who, who's a who's a top class goalkeeper uh, and the last player I've removed this week from the watch list is Arsenal's Pepe he's just too expensive he's just not doing it at the moment he was taken off early against United last night as far as I know uh, again, yeah, just just not worth the money at the moment. Hasn't fully adjusted to Premier League life yet. I think there is an FPL option in there somewhere, but it might be maybe later in the season before we see that. Again, with Arsenal, it's pretty simple. It's a Bamiang or nobody. Moving on to the more interesting ones now, the players I've added to my watch list following Game Week 7. First guy, a lot of a lot of talk about this guy this week, Riyad Mahrez, 8.5 million, um, another big performance at the weekend. Is he worth it with the rotation risk? He seven games in, he's he's only started four out of seven, so straight away I don't like that. I would like it a bit more if the games that he wasn't starting, that he wasn't coming off the bench. You know, the three games he hasn't started. He's come on for 10, 10 to 15 minutes, so it's it's three one-pointers in there as well, which overall, you know, overall he's probably on about 40, 45 points, I think it is. You know, very, very healthy returns for an, for an 8.5 million priced Man City attacker. So you can I can understand the attraction. For me personally, I've got Sterling, I've got De Bruyne, no intention of selling either. I've got Zinchenko there as well, so you know, if I was moving away from Zinchenko, I'd probably go straight to, to Otamendi. So I don't really have space for Mares. You know, a lot of people are probably will be considering the the triple up on him, but for me, I, I just don't have space, and I'm, I'm not overly keen. I just don't like them one pointers. Um, you know, can he? You know, when he is on the pitch, you know he's clearly doing damage, and he and he was excellent against Everton. He was one of the best players on the pitch in that game. Should have had a lot more points. That Gundogan hit the bar had, from an open goal. That would have been a Mares assist. I think. I think Mares had four or five uh, goal attempts as well, right up there this week in terms of midfielder. So he's. I can understand the hype, but for me, I just don't like the uncertainty. I want my FPL players to start. You know, more often than not, yes, all City players are prone to rotation. But I just, with Mares, I just don't like that four starts in, out of seven. It's just not enough for my liking. And again, Sterling and De Bruyne, and, and you know, probably Otamendi. I probably prefer those three than you know throwing Mares into the mix. Um, another player I've added following the weekend. He hasn't been on my watch list for a couple of weeks. Harry Kane. You know, I didn't, as I said, I only, the Man City game was the only game I watched this weekend. Usually I watch four or five games at the weekend, but being away, I didn't I didn't catch too many. So I'm relying on, on match of the day highlights this week for, for the podcast. But watching those highlights, Harry Kane looked a lot better, a lot sharper. Uh, I like what I've seen from him against, uh, uh, was it Southampton? I think they were playing. Um, yeah, Southampton. Kane has three goals in his last four games. Um, decent fixtures as well. Brighton away this weekend, then Watford at home. So two two good fixtures on paper coming up for Harry Kane. Possible captaincy option for anyone who has him. I know uh, James on on the Planet FPL podcast is a, is a big you know he's very loyal to his his boy Harry Kane and any and he captained him at the weekend and did well for him. Um, and I think he's going to he's going to captain him for the next two weeks as well. So I think if you have Kane, he he definitely is he's a viable option as a captain with those fixtures on paper. For me, I still probably prefer Son when it comes to Spurs, but 
son's got question marks over him as well because he's got a very busy schedule with with South Korea, you know, Spurs in the Champions League and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we've seen in the past when son goes away, he he does tend to find himself on the bench from time to time under Pochettino with with the long travelling and stuff like that. So that's that's something to think about if you're if you're considering getting son. I mean, I would love to get son. I may end up getting him for for game week nine, but there is that worry over over game time. I think you know Pochettino has so many options there. He he can rest son if he needs to. So yeah, Harry Kane back on my radar. Unlikely to get him, but definitely going to keep a closer eye on him over the next couple of games. Um, another player I've added, another obvious one here, Ricardo Pereira, six point one million now. Leicester defender. He's very quietly become the top scoring defender in the game this season after scoring back-to-back goals great goal he scored against Newcastle Leicester we know have the fixtures after the Liverpool game it's Liverpool this weekend but then it's Burnley Southampton Crystal Palace Uh, Arsenal's not even a a terrible fixture these days either so yeah I think Leicester are a team a lot of people are going to be targeting over the next few weeks Soyuncu is the obvious Leicester defender because of his price but you know you know if people who are looking for differentials maybe or, or or have you know extra cash lying around you know Pereira could could be worth the money you know last, he was excellent last season he's obviously top scoring defender this season as well so um definitely definitely one to keep an eye on and, and kind of probably one of those outside of the box ones to think about if you, if you want to try and be a little bit different the last player I've added this week is Jorginho at Chelsea. Price is just five million. Scored a penalty. Uh, I think Lampard said he is the designated penalty taker now as well, which you know makes him an interesting option. You know, a lot of people, obviously Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount are the obvious go-to Chelsea players. A lot of people like myself have gone to Tomori now as well, so maybe we don't have space for for Jorginho. But you know, I don't have Tammy. You know, Tammy. I'm probably I'm probably going to look to get Tammy before I get Jorginho. But I definitely do think Jorginho was. He, I don't think we should ignore him. Uh, you know, he's he's got the penalties. He's chipped in with two assists as well. So it's, you're not just solely relying on, on penalties. So I think he can get. I think he can get returns from open play as well. Like Leicester, we know Chelsea have have great fixtures coming up. Again, it's the price five million. You know, if if you're if you're someone who's getting a bit fed up of maybe Cantwell. Um, you know, if you got on him early, you might be able to sell Cantwell for 4.9 million. Maybe you can get yourself a Jorginho, you know, a bit of a punt for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I, I don't, I don't hate that idea. Um, unlikely to do it myself. I'll probably, I'll probably just keep Cantwell. Um, but definitely I just wanted to throw Jorginho in here because I haven't seen too many people talking about him on other podcasts or, or on social media. So it'll be interesting to see how he does over the next few weeks. Again, I just, the way Chelsea play, I think they will, you know, I think they're a team that could win a lot of penalties this season, which could could play into Jorginho's hands, the way they, you know, Mason Mount in particular, the, the high press on the goalkeepers and on the defenders when they're trying to play it out from the back. I think Mount's already, you know, he won the penalty at the weekend with that high press and, and he got it, he got one of his goals uh, from that as well earlier in the season. So uh, definitely one, one, to, one to consider at least Jorginho. If you're a if you're a fan of if you're a, if you're someone who won Milivojevic last season, then you surely have to consider Jorginho this season. Moving on now to the Twitter questions, I've picked out four here, uh, four of the best ones that cover some of the some of the main talking points this week. Uh, first one came in from Jake Gallagher. Jake asks, who are the best differentials to look at in order to climb the overall rankings? 
Jake is looking for proper differentials, under 5%. He already has Yarmolenko. So yeah, I think right off the bat, you've got one of the best ones there, Yarmolenko. I think it's three goals and four now. Uh, Looks to be a very good FPL asset this season. He is one who is already on my watch list. I think a few others just to throw in here. If you're looking for under 5%, I've mentioned Mares. If you want to go that route, you know, and take take the one pointers on the chin alongside the the fourteen and fifteen pointers that he's capable of. Uh, Jorginho, I've mentioned uh, up front. Chris Wood. I think he's only got about one percent ownership, uh, and I still like Sebastian Allaire as well, who's just around that five percent uh, ownership as well. But what I would say to people, you know, like Jake, if you're if you're really struggling, if you're way down the rankings, you know we still are very early. It, it is only seven game weeks in, uh, and I seen someone reply to Jake's tweet here about differentials for climbing ranks. Uh, someone replied and just said the best differential is consistency, uh, and what what that person means by that is you know you don't need to go looking for these you know hail mary punts who are under five percent to get your season back on track. The best way to get your season back on track is to just take one game week at a time and consistently score well you know consistently make good transfers uh, and you know consistently you know just take it you know chip away at the overall rank and at the end of the day don't worry too much about the overall rank because it means nothing the only time your overall rank means anything is in game week 38 and i think too many people fall into the trap of panicking early if they see their rank 2 million 3 million 4 million uh, at this stage of the season they start overthinking over managing trying to look for these differentials and I mean, if a player is owned by less than 5%, usually they're owned by less than 5% for a very good reason. Mares, for example, rotation worry. Jorginho, you know, you're kind of dependent on penalties. Chris Wood, he's Chris Wood and he plays for Burnley. Um, Allaire, 5%. I think he's probably one of the better differentials, but it's just because there's so many other good options. You know, if I I found myself in that situation last season, I was way down the rankings and I didn't... I didn't I was out of my comfort zone, so I didn't really know how to approach it. Do I go the differential route, or do I just kind of play steady and hope that things turn around? In the end, I did just kind of stick to my own game, and it didn't really work out last season, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't work out for for people who are struggling this season. Um, For me, if I was really struggling, you know, I just, I wouldn't be going too crazy looking for these differentials. I would much prefer just to take one game at a time, you know, chip away at that rank slowly between now and game week thirty eight. You know, you've got you've got a long time to chip away at it. Um, maybe set yourself many targets over the next couple of weeks and months, and just focus on on bringing in the players. You know that you you think will score the most points. Quite simply, don't try and think outside the box too much because more often than not, you'll just get yourself into a bigger hole. If you bring you know if you're bringing in differentials, you know, like I say, they're differentials for a reason. There's a good chance they'll let you down. So I would much prefer just to stick to the tried and trusted players, the players that are doing well this season, and just consistently try and score well. And rather than trying to shoot up the rankings quickly, you know, just do it slow and steady. You know, slow and steady does win the race in FPL. So that would be my advice there. Don't panic and don't don't try and overthink it. You know, just just take things slowly and just chip away, and just don't look at the overall rank. You know, just I like I often say, I wish the overall rank wasn't in the top right hand corner of the website because it can play it plays on your mind it plays in my mind as well um you know you're looking if you've got a green arrow or a red arrow but at the end of the day whether whether you got a green arrow or a red arrow this week game week seven it means absolutely nothing you know ups and downs are part of the game and all that matters is where you're sitting in game week 38 whether that be with your rank or or your mini league 
again, many leagues, it's dangerous to start looking at other, you know, looking at the five or six managers that are above you and looking at their teams because it'll play on your mind. You know, just play your own game, focus on your own team and, you know, look at them in game week 38. That That's the only time that it matters. Um, next question came in from Alex Ball. Uh, Alex asks, there's lots of strikers available. If you wildcarded now, which three would you choose and who from your team would you sacrifice to fund them? So let's say let's say I was on my wildcard this week, which three strikers would I choose? That is really a really hard question because there's there's probably ten there's probably ten strikers that you know we could all justify justifiably pick in our teams. There's there's so many options doing well. The cheap ones, the expensive ones, we can't have them all. I think if I wildcarded this week, I would probably go something like something like Jamie Vardy. Tammy Abraham to you know attack those Chelsea and Leicester fixtures, and I'd probably throw Callum Wilson in there as well. You know he's just delivers every week. Uh, Bournemouth have have decent fixtures as well, so I would probably still be leaning towards the the cheaper ones, uh, with maybe more invested in in midfield and defence. Abamyang's an obvious one that I didn't mention there. I think if I was going premium, you know maybe if I was going for one premium uh, in a three striker uh, strike force, I, I probably Abamyang is probably the one I would go for. Um, Alex's question was which three strikers would I choose on a wildcard I'm not even sure I would 100% say I would have three strikers I still think I still I still like my 4-4-2 I still think you know 3-5-2 is justified I don't think there's any right or wrong formation to use you know things change so quickly in FPL so um, there is you know more than likely I would go for three strikers Um, but, but I definitely wouldn't rule out going for five in midfield and two up front as well maybe a three five two or, or a bit of a hybrid formation, you know, a bit, a, a bit of a, you know, in-between where you can chop and change between the two of them. Um, yeah, but that's, I think, off the top of my head, probably Vardy, Tammy Abraham and, and Callum Wilson, if I was sticking to the cheaper ones and, and Aubameyang, if you wanted a, a more expensive one. Next question came in from Vasa. Vasa asks, is it too much of a risk to go without any Liverpool attacker? Vasa is thinking of going for three City attackers plus Aubameyang for the next six to eight game weeks. Good question here. And I think a lot of people are considering losing their Mane or their Salah or their Firmino to go without Liverpool attackers. Liverpool do have a tricky run. They've got Leicester this weekend. Leicester have been very impressive this year. Then it's Man United away, Tottenham at home, Aston Villa away and Man City. So it's a tough, tough run of five games coming up for Liverpool which is why a lot of people are considering Salah in particular you know after after he blanked against Sheffield United people are considering shipping him out um, the question is it too much of a risk to go without them I would say no I think I think it's perfectly justifiable to go without a Liverpool attacker for the next couple of weeks I think the most important thing is you've got to have a plan in place where you can get them back in easily so if you decide to go without Salah for the next five weeks and spread your spread your cash around, maybe for the likes of Vardy, Abamyang, Son, these guys. You've got to have it in the back of your mind. You know, you've got to ask yourself, how will I get him back if I feel I need him back? Um, that's the most important thing. You've got to have you know a contingency plan, a backup plan to, to get these players back in. Um, I've got Salah. He's my only Liverpool attacker, and it hasn't really crossed my mind about selling him. Until I read all the questions for this podcast, there's so many questions. So many people are considering, you know, losing Manny or Salah and getting, you know, Aubameyang uh, and these guys Vardy. Uh, I I don't think I'll do it myself. 
uh, and part of that is probably because I got I got burned big time last Christmas selling selling Salah uh, just before he I think he scored about fifty points over over the f- next five games after I sold him. So that's probably I'm probably I've probably got you know some deep scars there, which makes me think twice about doing something similar. But I do think you know there's no right or wrong way to play the game. Um, I think we'll see a lot of top managers getting rid of Salah. Uh, you know, and, and spreading the cash around, and it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Obviously, if Salah goes quiet over these next five games, um, you could be laughing. You know, if you get the likes of Vardy, Abamyang, and, and they keep they keep delivering big, um, you know, you're laughing. And and the other thing about you know, it's it's the other thing about getting rid of someone like Salah is when you look at Man City's fixtures. Man City have Wolves, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Southampton in the next four. So you're very unlikely to captain Salah in any of those because you're going to captain Sterling or De Bruyne or Aguero if, if you have them. So that's another reason, you know, people always ask, you know, what's the point spending 12 and a half million if you're not going to captain the player? So that's another, you know, you can see why people are tempted to, you know, free up the cash and spread it around a little bit. Um, you know, it might, it, it might be something I think about myself during international break. I don't think I'm going to do it ahead of the Leicester game. Um, but... Um, maybe, maybe you know, if, if Salah blanks in that Leicester game, maybe you know myself and a lot of other people will be considering doing something similar. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. Do I quite simply do I think it's too risky? I, I don't think it is at all. I think it's it's perfectly justified uh, to spread the cash around for the next couple of weeks. But I think the most important thing is you know you've got to be able to to get the players back in easily if, if they if they become essential because we know that, you know someone like Salah. Look at the last two seasons. He's very, very consistent. And I think he's only blanked twice this season as well. So maybe people are too quick to, to, to get rid there. Maybe a bit of patience will, will pay off. Um, I was going to say one more thing about Salah, but I can't remember. It might come back to me. Um, next question came in from uh, Javesy. Javesy asks, has the Pookie party finished? A lot of people are asking this question this week. I'd say I had about 15 questions about Pookie. Um Again, you know, Pookie's gone a little bit quiet. I'm just getting the scores up here in front of me. Norwich have been very poor away from home. So they've played last three of the last four games have been away from home. And they've lost all three of them 2-0. So they're not scoring goals away from home and they're conceding goals. They concede goals home and away, so that doesn't really matter. But, you know, taking a step back and looking at the overall picture of the first seven game weeks, uh, Sergio Aguero is the only striker who has scored more FPL points than Timu Puki. So, you know, I got on him at 6.7 million. He's gone up now to 7.2. He, he'll, he'll probably end up, he might drop this week because um, a lot of people are going to probably sell him. For me, I'm, again, a bit like Salah. It hasn't really crossed my mind yet to to get rid of Puki. Um He's got, I think it's Aston Villa at home this weekend and then Bournemouth away. So I'm pretty hopeful those two fixtures, you know, the home fixture, hopefully he can do something against Aston Villa. Bournemouth away, again, it's an away fixture, but Bournemouth are, are pretty porous defensively. So I'd be hopeful that, that Pookie could get something there. So for me, I, I, you know, as I said, I haven't really thought about getting rid of him yet. I'll give him another game or two and maybe, you know, if, if it's another two blanks, then maybe it's time to reassess. But for me, I'm happy to hold on to him. Uh, again, like I say, Got him at six point seven million. He's got what? Well, he's on fifty three points after seven games. You know that's you, you, what? What more do you? What more do you want from a from a from a you know that price of a striker? Yes. What is it? It's it's only one goal uh, in the last four. But again, all of those were away from home. So hopefully, hopefully the home fixture against Aston Villa he can improve on that one. 
Again, that'll be. I think Pookie will be one for me to 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 reassess during the international break. I'll, I'll give him Villa, see how he gets on there, and and then reassess it after that. But he's he's definitely not he's definitely not leaving this week. Moving on now to uh, look at captaincy and transfers ahead of game week eight. Captaincy, I think again, it's hard to look past Man City the way they're playing these days. Uh, they they're at home to Wolves this weekend, so I think it's going to be a Man City captain for me. Whether it be Kevin De Bruyne or Raheem Sterling, I don't know. I'll probably I'll probably end up sticking with Sterling after he, he finally got me a, got me a goal last week. Obviously, a lot depends on on uh, injury update on De Bruyne as well. Uh, Liverpool are at home to Leicester. I can see that being a tough fixture for Liverpool attackers. I've been very impressed with Leicester uh, this season defensively. So I do prefer City assets this week. Anyone who owns a Bamiang at home to Bournemouth, I think you don't get much better than a home fixture against Bournemouth for your attackers. So I think a Bamiang is a very good captain captaincy option this week. Uh, Spurs are away to Brighton. Brighton have been pretty poor the last couple of weeks. So, you know, the likes of Kane and Son, I think, are viable options as well away to Brighton. But yeah, I think it's I think it's gotta be Man City again this week. Uh, we'll keep a, I'll keep an eye on on the the team sheet in in the Champions League tonight. See who plays, who doesn't play, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, most likely, most likely Raheem Sterling for me, and it could just be Sterling for the next three or four weeks, to be honest. Uh, my transfers probably going to bank a transfer this week. I think banking a transfer is going to be a popular move for a lot of managers this week. If you don't have any major issues, it's always nice to carry uh, an extra transfer into an international break. Can do a little bit of surgery afterwards. Then you know, maybe maybe make three transfers for a minus four. They call it a mini wild card. That's something I'm thinking about. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to bank. Even if De Bruyne is injured, I'll probably just just bench him and play. I've got decent options this week. I've got Cantwell on the bench, who I could play. I've got Lundstrom, who's got a decent fixture as well. So I don't think I'll be forced into a transfer if De Bruyne is out. Now the only thing that would change that is if it comes out on Friday that you know. De Bruyne is out for you know four or five weeks. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, but yeah, most likely going to back my transfer. Um, I mentioned on last week's podcast I had the wild card in my mind for the international break. But again, I'm very happy with how things are going. It's just slow and steady for me uh, this season. You know, the Tamori and Mason Mount transfers paid off last week. Overall, I'm pretty happy with the squad. You know, Ashley Barnes is probably the only one I want to get out soon. I can do that with two free transfers, you know, after the break. So I think I'm going to end up holding on to the wild card. You know, I don't think I'll be playing it during the break. And I'm just going to hold it until I need it. You know, it's... I'm not going to play it just just because I've got two weeks off and I'm going to be bored. You know, I, you know that is not a good enough reason to play your wild card. Um, don't play it just because you want something to do during the two weeks. If your squad's in good shape, hold on to it. Uh, if you haven't used it already, you know, we do have this blank game week. I think it's around game week 18. Liverpool and West Ham are going to have a blank game week. So maybe, maybe that, you know, the wild card could be quite useful around that stage and, you know, to, to build a squad for the, for the busy Christmas period as well. So I've never, I've never kept my wild card probably past the second international break. I think this will be the first time I ever do it, but it feels it feels good. It feels good to have it in the back pocket uh, for later and hopefully I can get a you know a big boost from that, you know, in maybe, you know, November, December time if I do decide to keep it until then. Um which players are on my mind after the break with two free transfers? Probably Leicester. You know, Vardy, Madison, maybe a defender, Soyunku, you know, Tammy Abraham I'd like to get in as well. 
Callum Wilson, you know, Son as well. So I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll just see how Game Week 8 goes, update the watch list then afterwards and, and then see what I can do with two free transfers. But... Yeah, it's gonna be. Looks like it's gonna be a while before I before I make a make a transfer. Uh, it's probably three weeks before it before I make another transfer. So it's gonna be pretty boring. Um, what else do I need to mention before I finish up? Um, I'll be recording. I'll be recording a Patreon exclusive podcast on Friday. I record. I record a podcast every Friday. Uh, go through you know more questions from patrons and just you know usually by friday i know exactly what i'm doing with captaincy and transfers and stuff like that um, if you want to become a patron if you if you enjoy what i do and if you want to support a guy living his dream working full-time on on fpl you know check out patreon.com forward slash fpl general the best time to sign up to any Patreon S uh, subscription is the start of a new month. The way my Patreon works is if you sign up early in the month, you don't get charged until the first of the following month. So effectively, you get a free trial. So if you sign up for Patreon today, tomorrow, the next day, you can try it out for the international break. And if you don't like it, you can simply cancel and you won't be charged a penny. So join us Join us during the international break. Uh, we've got a great Slack channel. There's about 250 People on there, FPL gets discussed 24-7, even when I'm tucked up in bed, the the Americans and the Australians and everyone else are, are still chatting away on the Slack channel, so it never stops. Check it out over the international break if you want to know more. Any questions about it, just send me a message. Um, recording, uh, I'm recording a Fantasy Weekly podcast tonight that will be available Wednesday at 2pm. Be sure to check that one out. Lots of good information in that podcast every week as well. Fantasy bet this week. I'll be taking part in the Grand Weekend as always, but as well as that, if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday, Fantasy bet are running some uh, £1,000 guaranteed Champions League contest as well, so check those out. As always, if you're playing on Fantasy bet, it's 18 plus and begambleaware.org. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League. Enjoy the Europa League. If you're someone who watches that, I certainly don't watch Europa League games on a Thursday night. Um, yeah, good luck. Good luck in game week eight. Um, and enjoy the international break. Don't don't crack up. There'll be no podcast next Tuesday, the first week of the international break. But I will be back the the following Tuesday then. So so two weeks from from today will be the next episode so thanks as always for listening folks if you enjoyed the episode please do give it a retweet give it a share thumbs up leave a review on itunes all that all that good stuff helps me get the podcast out there a little bit more um yeah good luck good luck in game we folks and i'll talk to you all soon